Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey, it's Wilfred O. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Brief. On this episode, Matthew Tierman is with us, investigative journalist, a man who knows many things about many people and places all over the world. He was just in Ramallah, a place I haven't been to in a while, but I have been, and uh, I'm sure it is every bit as lovely as when I was there. Tell me about your trip into the West Bank uh, Mr. Tierman, and what you learned, what you saw, what's going on? Well, you know, Ramallah is just the money laundering capital of the world. I don't know how long ago you were you were there, but you got to say it's kind of nice. Uh, Maseratis, not rickshaws, Range Rovers, Mercedes, BMWs, Jeeps with American flags on them, believe it or not. I mean, lots of Western goods and accoutrement. I mean, that place is loaded. Uh, it was a little bit shocking to the degree that it was so I, I, I can tell you this, I was there almost 20 years ago, and it was not like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, yeah. 
So that tells you a lot. I mean, I know that, you know, I was there during these hostilities. I went in on a Polish passport since, uh, you know, American relations are not so good. I did not, you know, telegraph that I'm a American Jew from New York, even though, I don't know, look at me, they might have figured that out. I ended up talking to some guys from Chicago and New York. Uh, but I mean, that place is loaded now. Uh, 20 years of money laundering since you were last there between U.S. taxpayers, EU taxpayers, the United Nations being the, uh, the, the, the vehicle through which those laundered funds enter Ramallah, American school, UNRWA schools. Uh, the place was over the top. Uh, people were pretty friendly. It's not Gaza. Uh, the hostilities were not, you know, of the same uh, of the same sort. They certainly refer to Israel as an occupying force, and they do hate Israel. And uh, even going to Yasser Arafat's tomb, uh, they said that it's removable, so that when they take back Jerusalem, they can re- remove Arafat's tomb from from Amala and put it in Jerusalem as per his dying wish. Uh, so it's uh, the place is very very odd. It's a it's a study in contrast, the contrast of what the mainstream media conception of the West Bank is versus what it's like on the ground. Gleaming new malls, uh, Palestinian development bank with top quality uh, building materials for its you know fifteen story skyscrapers. Food was quite good. Uh, it was it was interesting. I was there with Visegrad Twenty Four, a group I do work with based in Europe, uh, who's been covering the, uh, the 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 ongoing conflict in the Middle East quite tightly on uh, on social media. So we were interviewing people over there, and it, it was interesting. So uh, what we'll do they what do they think? Uh, the Ramallans, I don't know what you call Ramallans. them, but Ramallans, um, and and the people of the West Bank uh, are they basically of the mind that Israel's going to do what it does in Gaza and business is going to continue over here? What are they saying? Yeah, pretty much. I don't think they think that uh, uh, Israel is going to be coming in anytime soon and, and, and leveling it the way they are with Gaza. And even though they are supportive of these terrorist uh, cells, whether it's in the north at Hezbollah or Hamas and Gaza, they don't seem as proactively involved. They like their gravy train of U.N. money laundering and UNRWA schools. And, uh, you know, it was funny. We're walking. We're going to the main mosque, the Abdel Nasser Mosque. And we're at this, uh, you know, the equivalent of what you'd have in New York, a bodega, a little shop with, you know, low level food and sundries. And you had uh, Logan or Jake Paul's new drink prime selling there, which you can't even get in some cities in the U.S. because uh, it's so sold out. And so there's a weird level of westernization there. Uh, The brand and license logoing, copying that goes on. There are American food operators there like uh, Pizza Hut. KFC, one of our guides suggested KFC stands for Kentucky Fried Camel, but that was a licensed, actual American enterprise there. Popeye's uh, Louisiana Kitchen uh, was there. A lot when of I was there, like, there was a Starbucks ripoff that wasn't spelled Starbucks. Is that Stars and Bucks. Stars and Bucks. Dude, that, that's yes. literally the main landmark of Ramallah that everybody in the Middle East knows. Hey, you go to Ramallah. Have you been to Stars and Bucks? So there's a story there is the guy lifted Starbucks's logo just straight off about 25, 30 years ago. And Starbucks came after him for uh, for license and trademark infringement. And so he just kind of tweaked it a little. So it still looks like the green circle, but it's now entitled Stars and Bucks. And it's a coffee shop and a shisha lounge. So he smoked some shisha and Stars and Bucks. And that's overlooking the main square. There are two little squares that are connected by one of the main thoroughfares. That looks like the old... Uh, prototypical, stereotypical Middle East, very thin road, uh, congested, small shops. Uh, and there's, you know, the main square that Stars and Bucks is over and then the square a block away, which where there's the monument to the martyrs. 
So, you know, old habits do die hard. They love the money laundering, but the uh, the rhetoric and invective is still quite aligned with the uh, the jihadist mentality that West Bank and Palestinian affairs were built on. Do you have any sense uh, as to what the belief over there is, not so much in the West Bank, more on the Israel side of things, but the future of Netanyahu in all of this? People have been asking yep. me, and I always tell them, I'm like, if you think you if you think American politics are opaque and overly complicated, go check out what's going on over in Israel with the Knesset and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You have any take on that? Do you yeah, have sure. a sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you know, parliamentary systems are by na- by their nature much sloppier because you need coalitions. You're very fragmented. Many, many parties across the entire spectrum of far right to far left with everything in between. And so Netanyahu, I think it was like four or five elections they had to hold with fractured coalitions to rebuild a government that had some level of stability. After October 7th, his popularity is way down. That being said, as long as they're at war, there will not be a snap election. They are unified uh, behind essentially the, the military force and the military management as it stands, which has many political appointees. So there will not be, you know, the political strife we saw last year with judicial reform uh, rearing its head again and uh, creating catalyzing snap elections. Netanyahu is probably done. Uh, his career is probably done. And we've said that many times in the past. But here there is a lot of antipathy after what happened October 7th. And certainly there are a lot of people who feel that he had some blame in terms of being asleep at the wheel because they were so distracted with domestic politics. They forgot that their number one predicate as you know leaders of this country more than any other is security and stabilizing the security, the defensive capabilities. Uh, and there was a failure. Uh, that being said, as long as they're at war and it's hot and kinetic and in the north and in the south with Gaza, uh, probably won't be any snap elections. So some are some are arguing and uh, rumor mongering that he has an incentive to keep the war going because as a result, he will stay in power. I think that's a little overly cynical and I'm quite cynical, but I think that's a little overly cynical. Everyone in Israel is shaken up by what happened and wants to end Hamas and uh, restabilize the north where Hezbollah is continuing to be a, a, a kinetic threat. Let's talk about what just happened with the election in El Salvador, a country that um, people in the West really know about because it used to be the murder capital of the world per capita, at least close to it. Number one, number Honduras. Two. Well, it was cl- El Salvador was right yeah. there. I, was gonna say, I think it was, it was right number there. two. Yeah, yeah but I number mean, two. Yeah. yeah, okay. As I said, number one or number two was one of the yeah. highest murder places in the entire. Uh, Honduras was like I, I remember. I had friends from Honduras from San Pedro Sula, which is the second city in Honduras, and that place like laps everywhere else. It's like you know. In Detroit, it's like what, like four out of a hundred thousand get murdered. In San Pedro Sula, it's like three hundred out of a hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean the numbers nuts. are staggering. But in El Salvador, that has completely turned around, and there's probably mm-hmm. a lesson for it. So we're gonna do- we're gonna talk about that election and uh, Bukele, the uh, president, once again here. But first up, a word from Tunnel the Towers Foundation. Born from a tragedy of nine eleven, the Tunnel the Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, it's been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook, who was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He had enlisted in the military after graduating high school. He left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son he would never meet. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and Fallen First Responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Go to T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Please donate today. I donate every month. 
uh, and so many others out there do as well. Thank you um, for being here again, Matt Tiermond, investigative journalist. Um, Bukele wins bigly in El Salvador. What happened? Why does it matter? Apparently, uh, you know, much like uh, and we'll talk about Argentina with inflation. But, you know, when you have a massive crime problem, the guy who actually says and then does deliver on cleaning up crime gets a big mandate. I think there's got to be the biggest mandate in any Democratic uh, systemic election ever. Eighty five percent or something uh, of the popular vote, 58 out of 60 seats in the National Assembly, uh, which is what that's what, like ninety eight 96, 96 percent or so of the seats in parliament are now, you know, Bukele's party, which has been built around him. Of course, you have to worry about cult of personality. You have to worry about dictatorial power creeping in. But so far, all of the Western media sphere uh, lies or uh, smears uh, that, you know, he's a dictator, the cool dictator, they call him. Well, is he, are you a dictator if the people vote for you overwhelmingly? Uh, We've had the debate about Viktor Orban as well. You know, he keeps winning these mandates and the West says, oh, he's a dictator or he's an autocrat or a fascist. Uh, Well, Bukele has done something uh, really pretty revolutionary in this hemisphere, especially south of our border and looking southwards. These are very dangerous areas, as we're talking about. Massive, massive cartel activity, kidnapping and ransoming, uh, mass murder over the slightest trifling things. Uh, But again, the drug trade is the main reason, human migration as well, human trafficking. And he has cleaned up that area. I mean, you know, we have this gangs in New York like MS-13 that hearken from these regions in Central Central America. And we can't clean up Long Island uh, from these drug gangs, but he's cleaned up his country very quickly within one term. And so he's gotten a second term. And so they'll, you know, say he's a dictator, but again, largest mandate, popular mandate, maybe in history by percentage of any country in the world. Uh, what he's doing, you're right, is instructive. Apparently, when you have high crime, tough on crime does pay, uh, just like Malay getting elected uh, in Argentina over uh, over economic issues. Yeah, I want to ask you about Malay. Um, you were down there right, in Argentina. We'll get into that. In, in I was there for the inauguration. Yeah. Yeah. What is Latin America? Why can't they figure this out Honest, on, on crime and on economics, specifically inflation? What, what do they not get? I mean, the regimes that run these countries and just across the board, almost. A few exceptions, El Salvador, we're talking about one and the new leadership in Argentina. But Latin America is poorly, poorly led right now. Right. Whether you're talking about Mexico or Venezuela or Brazil or what's going on. What what do they have to figure out? Communists. Uh, And we've talked about this in the past. And I did a lot on this uh, during the Brazilian election. There was a a, a group, uh, an entity called the Forum Sao Paulo that was chartered around 1991 by uh, Fidel Castro and Lula da Silva, the current, uh, again, president of Brazil, let out of prison to run. Election was brazenly stolen. Uh, There's more than enough evidence out there. and the Forum Sao Paulo was created to fill the gap when the Soviet Union went bust, because that was all the money that was coming into the hemisphere of these uh, third world nations, just like in Africa, just like in the Middle East in, uh, in, uh, in incubating the PLO and other of the jihadist separatist movements. Uh, in South America, it was the Forum Sao Paulo, and they filled the gap from the Soviet Union with, uh, with Castro and Chavez running it out of Cuba. And that's how they took over Venezuela. That's how they took over Nicaragua. That's how they took over uh, Bolivia. Uh, Brazil, more recently, Colombia and Chile. Colombia and Chile were, were kind of righty conservative nations. Colombia was re- was run for many years by, you know, what we would call Republicans, if you had to break it down to that dichotomy that we understand. And now you have Petro, who was uh, a Marxist narco- narco-trafficante, a gorilla in the forests. Uh, so he's, an, he's a full-on communist. Uh, 
uh, Boric in Chile, who was the head of the Marxist Students League, a student activist, you know, not too different than uh, uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Marshall and uh, Brandon was Brandon Johnson in Chicago, the uh, teachers union hack. I mean, somebody who's never run anything, but all of a sudden is en- ends up as president of a nation that, again, was relatively conservative, economically was very classically liberal. You had the, the Chicago boys deregulating the economy and Chile's great success. Uh, Argentina has been run by the Peronists, the, uh, you know, Juan Perón, Avita, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, that lady uh, played by Madonna in 1990s. Uh, they have been run by the Peronist regime and its uh, predecessors, also incubated by the Forum Sao Paulo, Christina uh, Kirchner, her husband Nestor Kirchner, uh, Fernandez. Uh, and now Argentinians finally said, you know, after the, this crippling hyperinflation over the last 10, 10 years, I mean, really, uh, the, the, fat, the highest level of inflation in the country, every day prices doubling sort of thing. Uh, the stuff that you read about in Zimbabwe, the Weimar Republic, and this was a country that 100 years ago was third wealthiest in the world after the U.S. and the U.K., uh, so Malay got an overwhelming mandate. The Marxists got sent packing. The reason Argentina was able to do it was quite simple. They maintained paper ballots. Uh, paper ballots are an integral part of the electoral process. In Brazil, they got rid of paper ballots. Uh, there was no audible ballot scheme. It was all digital. And so you know, did they the did what they did. cheat in Brazil? Did the communists cheat in Brazil? Oh, yeah. And, you know, you and I talked about it. I covered it in depth uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, it was brazen what they did. Uh, now they stripped Bolsonaro of his right to run again. The Supreme Court, this is a Supreme Court that detained myself and the traveling party that included Jason Miller when we met with Bolsonaro like three years ago. They detained us at the airport and wanted to know everyone we met with. So it was like full Stasi tactics. And the Supreme Court has their own law enforcement wing and they let Lula out of prison. They overturned all his 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 multiplicity of convictions. I mean, the guy should have been in jail for the rest of his life and then some. I mean, they they let out people in Lula's party that were sentenced to 400 years uh, for criminal corruption. So it's gross what's going on there. Brazil is probably lost for the foreseeable future, much like I view uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. But Argentina all of a sudden is like this uh, this bulwark now and the shining light. Malay's going to do a lot of big things. He's got the mandate. Let me bring it home to because you mentioned that I'm gonna I'm gonna make you uh, go a little deeper into it, Pennsylvania. Unless you were totally kidding, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. No. You, you, okay, let's let's talk exactly. about that. Let's talk about why you think there's real challenges there. First up, there's not a day that goes by without someone speculating about how artificial intelligence is going to change the world. Well, here's something: it could really change your portfolio. Uh, the impact of AI is going to be massive. And Colin expert Colin, I'm sorry, tech expert Colin Tedards believes this is the beginning of a new era that could make you rich. Colin has been watching the markets with rapt attention. When the stock market hit rock bottom at the end of 2022, he recommended shares of a top software company, speculating that the upside of that company was there. The same top software company is up over 200% since then, and anyone who listened to Colin had a chance to more than double their money in less than a year. Now he's recommending a new AI company he says could do even better. He's found a way for you to profit from this as well. Go to newaiproject.com to learn more. That's newaiproject.com, newaiproject.com, paid for by Brownstone Research. Okay, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, you say we got big problems there. I have friends who are tied into politics in Pennsylvania very uh, intimately, and they tell me similar things, and it has to do with just the party infrastructure voter registration advantage, early voting campaigns, yep. et cetera. Is that, yep. is that part of your concern there? And tell me about the other states. 
Yeah, well, I think in those three states in particular, uh, these were, you know, the purple swing states and then 2020 happened and they were very, very successful in taking control in, in, in Democrat, uh, like Wisconsin, the last bastion was the state Supreme Court that went de- Democrat with Janet Protasiewicz, uh, Pennsylvania, Dem governor. Dem legislature, Dem state Supreme Court, uh, you know, the same way that they approved, whether you believe that there was ballot stuffing or is more uh, derivative effect of voter fraud, whether it's the media obfuscation uh, or the, you know, ballots during COVID going to every household uh, and the the late uh, the late uh, tabulation thereof that was allowable because the state legislature said, OK, we're just going to do it. And the Supreme Courts in the state said, we're just going to allow it. And they, they violated the separation of powers. Well, you know what? The Dems now control those three states in all of their facets politically. And even if the people want to move to the populist and conservative right, good luck. Good luck. And I think, you know, uh, Arizona and Georgia, which were hard red states, are now purple. And part of it was, you know, the bankruptcy of the RNC and the candidates that Trump endorsed and, and brought forward. I mean, these were candidates that would never, ever win. Mastriano, Oz. Uh, Herschel Walker, Carrie Lake, you need to pick up independence if you're going to win these sw- these purple swing states. Uh, and because these states in the northern Rust Belt, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania and uh, Michigan have incredible union, uh, union faithful, union rank and file. It makes up such a percentage. They're well organized. The union states organize their union rank and file real well for elections. Michigan being the greatest example with big auto there for 100 years. Now, there has been a peel off of the union support because of right to work in other states, because uh, Trump and Bannon with economic nationalism did drive a lot of FDR union Dems to the right in the pro-Trump camp. Uh, They're not the party of uh, Elizabeth Warren and Gavin Newsom and wokeism. But that being said, again, if the people there, if you have the margin is, you know, five or 10 percent that swings it to the right, the union organizing, the democratic policy making that will go on in those states will make them untouchable for the next generation. We will not be one of those states. And now I, I'm fearful that Arizona and Georgia are getting more like those three swing states than Ohio and Florida, which have been made more red. Matt, where can people go to follow your work? Twitter. Instagram, social media. It's very ad hoc. The Buck Sexton was the Buck Brief. Yeah. The uh, Buck Brief. Your, there you go. your apartment when you're hosting. Yeah. So that's right. There, there you go. Anywhere. That's a good point. It sounds like I'm doing a, an underwear line, but actually it's uh, hard hitting interviews it and other does, like that. Actually it does actually sound like I agree. Um, check out my friend Matt Tierman. Uh, always insightful, sir. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. See you soon, brother. Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's gold star, fallen first responder, smart home, and homeless veteran programs comprise their in-the-line-of-duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. 
Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.